Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, DB peeps. It is episode 440. And today, we're going to be talking about something that is a little bit more serious. But we are talking about assaults on healthcare workers. A shocking realization. Yeah, it's crazy. There's a lot that happens that we don't know about in the workplace, Well, in hospitals especially. Yeah, and a lot that happens that there are articles, but I feel as though they're almost swept underneath well, quickly the, after they happen. The focus is patient safety, and yeah. it should be. Absolutely. However... We got to take care of the people who are giving the patient care. Exactly. All right. So that's what we're talking about. We are opening a bottle of, get this, OMG. As it's, in, oh my God. Oh my God. It is a 2013 Cabernet Sauvignon from Paso Robles, and this Sarah is going to pop open for us. And she got this in a wine club? Yeah. Is that right? So OMG is in like, oh my God, we can't believe that this shit's actually happening. No fucking way. Uh, Yes, but I did get this from a wine wine club, so a wine of the month club um, that my in-laws were so kind to gift me with over Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. Great gift. Um, but yeah, this wine of the month club is kind of, I mean, this was my part of my first batch, so I can't speak for it's continued. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> well, you were pleased with the first service, one, right? But yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of cool cause it gives you these sheets with all the information on the wine. Yeah. You got the deets right here. Yeah. And like a wine and food pairing guide. Um, it comes with all these like informational packets I was um, quite impressed with the packaging as well. Yeah. Um, and then if you like the wine, you can reorder it for a much cheaper price. It's, it says it's 12.88% ABV on the sheet. It also says it on the label. Oh, it says it's at that level of specificity? Yes, it does. Shit. I actually haven't seen that before. I haven't either. Yeah. Wow. That's... I think that we're pretty pleased with the amount of information that they provided. Do you want to try one of the nifty things that oh, they gave yeah. you? So they gave us these um, little pourer... You might have seen them at wine tastings before. They're they're like these little sleeves that you insert in the wine bottle to help pour and not drip. So I'm pretty excited about this. Let's hope this works. Oh, Ooh. look at that. That's pretty cool. It actually is a cleaner pour than normal. Too. Wow. Damn. Thank you. Well, I mean, so this Wine of the Month Club was a winner all around. Winner, winner. Very impressed. Chicken dinner. Now, I don't know how much it costs because I didn't pay for it, so I did get two bottles of red. This being one, OMG. OMG. Cheers. Cheers. Smells delicious. It does. I'd say, well, granted, we did not use an aerator either, but... It's a little on the sweeter side. It's also kind of acidic. Like, more acidic, I feel like... I just got a real tart thing in the back of my really throat. Really smoky. No? Or like oak. There's oak on here. Hang on. There probably is. No, there's I mean, definitely oak on here. It's a California cab. So, but it's not a Napa because it's Paso Robles, which is in the central coast. Um, so it's about halfway between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, south of Monterey. Yes. Um, right around San Luis Obispo, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't yet ventured there myself. I haven't either. Uh, that is one of the trips that I was planning to. I actually was going to force my husband to go with me, 
when we went out to California a couple of winters ago, and then uh, there was a, I guess, a mudslide or something, so we couldn't do it. Oh, well, that's a bummer. But mm-hmm. Paso Robles is actually the primary grapes that are grown there. Um, so it, I know we've had wines from there before, including uh, you mean Caps, the primary chronic. grape. It's Cabernet, Merlot, yeah. Syrah, Zin, okay. and the GSM blend, which is okay. makes a lot of sense. So it's twenty six thousand acres. Okay. And more than 230 wineries in Paso Robles. That's... Yeah. And it's, uh... It's is it the single ABV, do you know? Central, or, I'm sorry, AV, AVA. AVA. <laughs> Alcohol by volume. <laughs> Funny thing is, I was like, oh, I know what she means. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had one sip. Oh Jeez. Um, <laughs> so, Central Coast is... Uh, an AVA, and it's the most, I guess, dr- okay. dramatic exception to the cool climates. Okay. Uh, well, the Paso Roblos is the most dramatic exception to the cool climates of the Central Coast. Ah. So, uh, it its name came from, the original name means El Paso de Roblos, meaning the Pass of Oaks in Spanish, because <sighs> they can't, there's a, a very large amount of sun-baked oak-studded hills. Like oak trees? Yeah. Yeah. I want to go um, there. I know. But it actually doesn't get the cool influence of the Pacific Ocean, so... Because it's Because of in? the mountains? Yeah. yeah. Because of the Santa Lucia Range okay. on the western side. Okay. So that makes sense. So then it's in that sort of the valley, so it's... Yeah. It, but I guess blocked. you can be on the hillier side towards the ocean, the west side, and so, or you can be on the flatter, hotter eastern part. Okay. Ooh. So I guess it depends, you know, where, I don't know where this one is. Lots of mesoclimates there too, mm-hmm. it sounds like, mm-hmm. or microclimates. Ugh. But Paso Robles is, I'm sorry, Paso Robles is its own ABA. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, but because there's so much diversity in the region... Because of all the different climates that you can get, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they've talked about potentially breaking that up. But Ooh. Yeah. We might see some some changes there, I guess. We'll need yes. to be on the lookout. Yes. So, uh, so, so we'll see. But um, more about the wine. So that's a little bit about Paso Robles. I'd love to go. Again, if anyone wants we to, want to go, trip. we want to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so about this wine, yeah. So uh, this is made by Gerald Forsyth, who is that an sounds Illinois so. You adjusted familiar. your glasses after you said I that did, name I too. Did, I did. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> Gerald Forsyth. Yes. Adjust. Uh huh. An Illinois industrialist and race car enthusiast who also happens to love wine. So he owns um, the company and its former Continental Vineyards in Paso Robles. Um, so he purchased this, and that's over 500 acres. Um, and I guess it was just a vineyard, and then he put a winery on there and decided, okay, I'm going to make wine instead of just selling my grapes out. Oh. Yeah. So he started making his own wine, um, and this is a speculation where the name <laughs> comes from. But it's potentially, oh my God, we have a lot of wine here. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> that's a, It's a cute story. Uh, Whether it's true or not, that's yeah. debatable, but it's a cute story. This is a 2013 Cab, yep. Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, so it's great. That's great aging. It says that you can actually sell her this through 2022. 
Uh, it tells, so the tasting notes on this are that it is a remarkable blend of ripe berries, vanilla, cedar, and flecks of spice. Yeah. The flavors are imposing, but held in check by the soft tannins and luscious finish. And they call the color bright magenta. I mean, I would, or I definitely support okay. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the label says that it's a ruby red color. With hints of brick and aromas of strawberry and spice that all together jump out of your glass and to serve at room temp with red sauce pasta or your favorite barbecue beef. I could see this going with barbecue beef. For sure. Um, it, it, it does have sort of a, I mean, this is a dry wine, don't get me wrong, but I agree with your statement before. It does have a little it has extra sweetness and a sweetness of some mm-hmm. sort. That's not like sugar sweetness. It's no. It's very different. It's, but it's, it's this... I know we've described other wines as popsicles, but it's almost like that. I get the spice. I you get know? the cedar. I get the vanilla. I think there's oak on this. Yeah. Like I said, obviously oh, sure. there is. It's cab. But I think there is a good amount, let's say, of oak on this. It does. And it's 2013. says to cellar it through 2022. Right? Right. So about nine years. I think this is actually kind of... It has a good balance right now because it's not an overly tannic, grippy, you know, Cabernet that I think a lot of California Cabernets mm-hmm. can be, like mm-hmm. very aggressive, if you will. I just feel like these kind of meld a little bit more and it's just more, you know. I could I could see it going for another couple years. I think if you're into, like, this is a smokier a cab smoky, yeah. than my taste, but I don't think it's... I think for some people, this is like right on the money of what they're looking for. I mean, I'm assuming that this is 100% cab. The reason why I say that and why I'm curious is because I don't think that Cabernet is typically a ruby red. Am I wrong? It's usually this. It's usually I feel redder. Like it's way darker usually. This seems light for a cab. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know if it's 100%. Yeah, although now that I just took a swig um, a few seconds ago, it still has a slight linger. But it becomes a little bit more astringent on the end. Yeah, this looks more like a Merlot if I was looking at it in the glass. Yeah. Uh, it's it's more of a medium red. I don't think that's off base at all. I agree with that. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe there's some Merlot in here. This I mean, is interesting. They do grow Merlot in Passover. Maybe but... there's a scotch. Oh, a scotch? A scotch. I like they use that word. <laughs> um, other things you could pair, they also say, red. Uh, we said the, the barbecue beef, but game meat, other red meat. Sure. Uh, different types of cheeses. So what goes well with cab, ch- with dark red? Well, and Sa- I would, Sarah um, is, is um, she's I got using cheese, her wonderful references. My wine and cheese pairing guide. This Although, is fun. This says bold red, for under cab under bold red. <sighs> and I feel is. like this one, though, is more of a medium, but we're, we'll go with bold. Uh, the blue cheese manchego and camembert is what they recommend. I don't I'm see blue. I'm not sure. What do I, you say for the medium? I could say, okay, I love manchego, so for me that would go with pretty much anything. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, we both do. Well, this, for the medium, it's not as, it's not far off. It's gorgonzola, brie, and camembert, which similar to blue and camembert, and, you know. But cheddar is the other thing recommended for a medium red wine. This is not necessarily representative of a typical California expression. No. It's kind of very drinkable. Like, you can just drink this one by it's itself. It's an easy drinking wine. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, yeah. I think this is a good wine. This is a good red for people who are not red drinkers. Into the heavy body. Yeah. It's a good entry-level cab. 
Oh, that's a good way to put it. An entry-level cab, specifically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. entry-level cab. Not entry-level red wine, necessarily, because I still think yeah. it's a little bit heftier. Uh, it's on than, the spicier side. Yeah. It's it's not... I like spice. I think it's the smoke that I'm like... It's throwing you off? Throwing me off a bit. Yeah. I but actually that's want, just my taste. I actually want a little bit bad. more tannin. Yeah. I don't know why. I really do, and that's why I'm struggling with. I could, I could see that. I could see that because I think it, that smoke and that spice needs to be balanced out with yes. a little bit of tannin. Yes. I can totally see that. I see yeah. where you're going. All right, but OMG, OMG. So did I tell you about the price yet? Did I? No, you okay. said that you weren't quite sure exact. Oh, you weren't sure about the price of the so this month is club. a t- yeah. So, so this is a twenty dollar bottle. Apparently, and if okay. I, since I got it through my Wine of the Month Club, if I wanted to reorder it, I could get it for $7.99. We'll see when I get through the rest of this glass if I'm feeling like ordering another bottle. If you get through the bottle, you might really feel like ordering another bottle. Then, then you know what? They know what they're doing, right? They do. They do. So, all right. Okay. So, we, we got to chat. We got to get into our topic. And this is like Definitely a literal do. OMG thing because... There's been so much stuff in the news recently. Yeah. And granted, some of this like is hitting closer to home. So over the past, I think, several years, and especially with you know our involvement in healthcare and just sort of staying abreast of what's going on, there's been a lot of things that I think most people don't appre- don't understand and appreciate. A lot right. of statistics regarding um, worker safety. Uh, in hospitals, yeah. Healthcare workers. So, so your nurses, your doctors, your pharmacists, your technicians. Yeah. All these people. Well, also anybody who works in a hospital system. Works in a hospital. Yeah. Especially those who are like, I think, more face-to-face patient care. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely yeah. anyone. So, and, and I will say that my first exposure to this was ridiculous because it was not real life. But it was Grey's Anatomy. Oh. In like 2000, I don't know if it was 10 or something, and I am not lying, after watching this episode, I have not seen another one. Okay. Um, I watch it. But I was watching this episode, and it was where um, Derek was still there, and he was, you know, the chief or whatever the heck he was. Yeah. And um, there was a patient who he who he worked on, and I don't think she made it, and her husband was so upset. He walked in with like a rifle or something and started shooting up Seattle Grace. And I started flipping my shit, like <laughs> completely freaking out. And I remember uh, trying to get a hold of uh, Sean and he was like, that's not real. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, and granted that is true. It's TV and things are definitely exaggerated on TV. Mm-hmm. But there is a there is a at least a hint of truth, yeah. Um, at least to to a small extent, and I think that as of more recently, I've been noticing that that is true, and that there is actually a ton of risk. Oh, there just totally like this. is. So we found a few articles, and I know that the, there were surveys done regarding patients attacking nurses. Mm-hmm. I mean, nurses are there at the forefront, and. You know, yeah, often there by the bedside throughout the day, and you never know what's what the hell's going to happen through the delirium, yeah, and, yeah. You know, the nights and all the crazy stuff that goes on. The nurses are at the bedside. Yep, through all that. Yeah. So, in a 2014 survey, 
Nearly 80% of nurses reported being attacked on the job within the past year. That's That's not ever. That's within the past year. And with respect to that, they were saying that it seems that they are sort of cautioned against doing anything about it, Mm -hmm. against reporting it, sort of coming from the hospital side. And that's the message. And essentially, many nurses often feel that they're they're trying the blame is put on them yeah. for these situations in which is completely irrational in my opinion it's totally irrational and like basically what you're saying is that you have this risk for your job and you just need to take it but because the patient is it's not always like the customer's always right no right? no not and it's you can't use that with this and i think that it really like Patients are vulnerable for sure. And that's why it's so hard, like patient safety and all this stuff is because they are a vulnerable population. Mm -hmm. However, if they're attacking someone, they're still human. Yes. Like unless you're like completely delirious. But they are oftentimes unpredictable. Yep. Which is why that, that, you know, risk goes up. It's insane. And family members. like, just like you said... With the Grey's Anatomy, although that was fictional, it's true. Family members get worked up and they want to attack. Well, that's a great segue into this yeah. next one that was mo- like very recent. Mm-hmm. They happened in Chicago. Yes. So um, what happened in Chicago was that a physician's ex-fiance... And when this was last fall, right? Yes. So a physician's ex-fiance uh, stormed into the hospital and was shooting for his female ex-fiancé physician. Because he was pissed off about something. Yeah. Well, whatever. Who knows. But basically, he killed her, and then he killed two other hospital workers, one being a pharmacy resident, which for me hits close to home, uh-huh. um, that were in the elevator, and, he, and then he killed himself. This was in an elevator? Well, they were in the elevator, I guess. I don't know exactly where. Right, right. You know, but it was a domestic-related active shooter. But it, And not that we don't have a problem with active shooters in all areas in of general. the nation. Yes. But being in a hospital, I mean, like, right? This is where you're supposed to be. Healing people. Healing people. And not having to worry exactly. about shielding yourself or your patients from yeah. other external factors. Because you have plenty of, plenty of issues going on right there at the bedside in the room what have you yeah and i guess he was carrying a gun with multiple clips so it i mean not to downplay it could have been much much worse oh it totally could have been more still this this is a completely inappropriate situation on many levels and one of which being he obviously marched in there without Mm -hmm. any detection for any issue well there's no there's no metals detectors. I know. There's nothing. To think about the you. yeah. Think about the number of pe- people that walk in and out mm-hmm. of that day, like the hospital, that have metal on them or in them. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about patients, right? Yeah. Wow. No, it's so totally true. And not to mention, like, that also brings in the question on patient safety in that sense, because mm-hmm. like, if anyone can walk in a hospital, a patient's vulnerable in a bed. Because they can't like, go anywhere. If someone is looking to hurt that person, like, I mean, what's there to stop it? Now, I say that there are 
security and police on a lot of hospital campuses. Mm -hmm. But still, like... And roaming and, like, throughout the mm -hmm. floors and stuff like that. And I believe that you have to walk past the nurse's station, you know, if... if in order to go to a, a patient room or something like that. So, right. sure, they can identify potential, you know, suspect human beings that enter that floor. But I'm sure it's very limited as to what they can do. Yeah. I mean, besides making a phone call and trying to hunt this person down, it doesn't... They may very quickly find who their target is. But, yeah, very scary. It's, it's super scary. And then what hits even closer to home for us here in Wisconsin is that, what, just two weeks ago? Yes. There was um, a local hospital nurse who had been beaten in... She was a nurse practitioner. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she had been beaten in the parking garage, put in her car, moved to another parking garage. Another hospital parking garage. Mm-hmm. And was left to die. Yeah. And this all happened... At the hands of a former hospital employee. A valet, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was a valet worker, and apparently she was leaving at like 1 a.m., and he was hiding behind some pillar in the parking garage and then beat her to death. And yes, like you said, drove to another parking garage. And then he actually turned himself in, but there's got to be something mentally wrong with this guy. Well, but, but he turned. you said he turned himself in, but he also straight up admitted that that was yeah. his full intent. He fully yeah. intended to murder this poor girl. And one of, I think what is most outrageous about this situation is that there are cameras. This was, there's footage yep. showing all of it. Yes, there is. We haven't, it hasn't been released. It hasn't been released. But there was footage showing all of it and nobody was watching it. Nobody monitored it. And then she was discovered like two hours after it happened by a snowplower. And he tried to call using the intercom system that's supposed to go to the hospital and nobody responded. So I'm not confident that she could have actually been saved, but that basically delayed her getting any sort of attention that she could have needed, any medical attention, because not only was nobody monitoring this and they could have maybe interceded in the middle of the attack, but also that she could have been seen and found sooner or even they responded to the person who found her because my understanding is that she was not necessarily visible completely, but unsure at this point. I think she was underneath the car. I, that's what I thought. And it's like how many people look at underneath cars, which as we learned in our uh, self-defense class that we should be looking underneath our cars yes, and the back seats sure. all the time and around us. But yeah, I but can't. No, this, it's, 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 it's appalling. I mean, you shouldn't, it's a good like, way to if you, and, and here's the thing, like, there's little jobs that require you to leave at various times of nights, right? Yeah. To various times of the night. Okay. Healthcare workers leaving 1 a.m., it's dark, but you should feel like if you're in your hospital parking garage, that, that, and not that everywhere is safe, but at least that it is it is a safer environment than if you're in some other random parking garage in a shopping mall or whatever. Right. Because this is your place of employment. Not that shopping malls don't have employees. No, but, but I definitely understand what you're saying. It's, it's the place of healing, as you said. Yes. And there are security and there's cameras. And so the fact that nobody was watching and like you said, oh, somebody could have I think there's going to be a fucking situation with that. 
I'm pretty positive there's going to be well, some I mean, fucking... I hope. I hope what this does is that... Not that it should take somebody to die, to, to go through this, to brutally die. Yeah. But I hope that what this does is that it urges other that hospital and other hospitals and just healthcare in general to take a stance and move towards protecting their employees. More serious precautions more serious in terms of safety. Absolutely. Like, there should be more mm -hmm. cameras. There should be more surveillance. Like there should be other measures in place that help protect the workers. So people don't feel not feel safe. To get, like nurses are with these patients, all doctors, all healthcare workers are with these patients all the time. And these people are in pain. They're in distress. Family members are are you upset. Have no idea how people are going to respond. You don't know who they are. You don't know what their background is. You don't know if they've had like any history of abuse or they've had you know issues in the past with like violence. Yeah. So you have no idea what you're dealing with. Yeah. But like your primary thing is to take care of people, and that's what they teach you. But I mean, you, you also have to take also, care. You gotta take care of number one. You gotta take care of you. True, but I it's will. Not, I will. It's in healthcare, though. I know it's that's not, not the mentality. The, that's not the mentality. Yeah, you do. The patient comes first. Mm -hmm. Which, if you're healing, okay. However, if someone's attacking you, I mean, like you know, you gotta have. You gotta be able to rely on the system to help you out. True, and you should be. You should be able to rely on the system. To yeah. help you out. There's when you are attacked, and that's that's one of the other things, is mm -hmm. that um, out of all of the nurses who were attacked in this particular survey, mm -hmm. or this one was from 2011, um, half of the nurses said the hospital took no action. The hospital took mm -hmm. no action. And in another 20% of cases, the perpetrator was issued a warning. What You get a, a verbal scolding? Is that is that it? And 10% no. of nurses said they were you blamed for, for the speeding. incident. Blamed the nurses in 10% of the cases. So uh, there's a couple other examples just to kind of, yeah. you know, what is it? Really drive, drive it drive, home. Drive this nail in the coffin here. Oh, okay. Um, That's a little deep there, Sarah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, Penn State Health, Hershey uh -huh. Medical Center. Interesting, because I pretty sure my dad did his residency there but anyways um this uh, there, apparently a patient tried to rape a nurse a few years ago uh he was attached to his iv pole he motioned for the nurse to come in his room he began choking <gasps> her and then tried to pull off her clothing <gasps> um and it took multiple people to subdue him multiple and, mm -hmm. humans yeah and some of the people who were trying to subdue him actually had minor injuries and then in the same hospital, there was a patient who was hospitalized um, while he was facing serious criminal charges, but he was in the hospital. And he assaulted a nurse in the supply room, putting a razor against her neck. <gasps> and then, <laughs> so she did sustain cuts. Um, and <clears throat> and then he actually grabbed a scalpel and oh held it against God. another nurse's throat. Anyways. Shouldn't... Shouldn't criminals, be, I'm sorry, be handcuffed to their beds? Although I say that, and I did read in that ENA um, article, who is it? Oh my God, Emergency Nurses Association, mm -hmm. that they, um, 
like a patient once took a pole off of their bed and started beating staff with it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is the world coming to? This is, it's atrocious that this happens. I can't. Although, now that I think about it with the criminal, what's in the supply closet? What is, you know, what's available? What are they, what's he looking for? What is his, like, end goal? You have, there's always Who an knows? underlying why. Who I'm not knows? saying that it is substantiated by any means, but yeah. it's disturbing. Um, oh. Anyways, another stat here. Healthcare workers experience the most non-fatal workplace violence compared to other profession- professions by a wide margin, which attacks... With attacks on them counting for almost 70% of all non-fatal workplace assaults, assaults causing days away from work in the United States. Wow. And that's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So that's crazy. Like accounting for 70% of all non-fatal workplace assaults. 70%. Like uh, shouldn't uh. our healthcare administrative people be doing something about this? Shouldn't they be alarmed, alarmed. by that statistic? Yes. Wow. You should be. You should be. You know? So, okay. So I think we have identified that there are significant failures by the organizations to actually provide safe, secure there's no setting. Yeah, there's no reaction, I guess, yes. to the action. Well, the one of the I apparently in Pennsylvania, I guess this was in 2017 that it was introduced, but in Pennsylvania, they want to eliminate the requirement of the last names of healthcare workers appear on photo ID badges because those are readily available to, you know, anybody who can see them. Uh, the bill is in response to instances of patients using information from badges to stalk and threaten healthcare mm-hmm. workers outside the healthcare facility. I mean, that's a that's so, like very legitimate. As someone who works in a hospital, my badge does have first name, last initial. My last okay. name's not on there. The only thing, well, I mean, I'm really torn because obviously my you last need a name. name is. Or it used to be, I have to check again, at one point was on the back. Is it on the, but the other thing is that it's on a website. I mean, you still, yeah. if, if somebody cared enough, they could oh, yeah. start it's on a doing website, searches. For sure. But I think that that is, yeah, it is very scary. And I, I feel as though I have seen um, in some of my, you know, I guess relatively more recent appointments with anyone in the healthcare industry that it's not the last, like the last name is not there. It's just more like a first name, which brings more of a casual, I guess, feeling to it, Mm -hmm. which I guess could be beneficial in some instances. Yes, for Um, sure. But so, I mean, so there are people who are trying to make a bit of a difference and just, I, it sounds like slowly move that, but some of this is, is very slow moving because that, it's still in review as of August of 2018. Yeah, but see, that's you don't need a law to actually do things. Hospitals can take they initiative can do it too, sure. on their own they without can. actually like having a law force them to do it. Yeah, you well, can. We were talking a little bit about this in the last episode about like federal versus state laws and you know things that are more strict. But like they can choose to do something that is you know, I guess pushing the I don't want to say pushing the envelope, but like. Doing something a bit more than what is absolutely well, no. required. I mean, I think it's different because in what we were, it's a little bit different than what we were talking about, just because like you can do more to protect someone always, right? Yeah. 
Like you don't need a law to force you to actually do something. Like if they want to provide more security or provide more cameras or provide, I don't know, a security guard on every floor, that's a little bit excessive, but yeah. whatever. If they want to do that, hospital can pay for that. You don't need a law to oh, tell yeah. them to do that. Yeah. So it's like, yes, there's a law that's trying to tell people to take the last name off the badges. We'll just do it. You know? Yeah. Like... So I am glad that you raised this and that you even just said the very thing that you said about, you know, potentially having more security yeah. available throughout the all hours of the hospital. It should be throughout all hours because yes. the thing about healthcare workers is people are leaving at all times of the day and night. Absolutely. Coming in and leaving at all times yeah. of the day and night. Oh, thank you. Um, and so they're taking that into account. We need to make sure that there is safety implemented yeah. at all times of the hour and the night. It looks so pretty yeah. when you pour it. I also love the sleep thing. <laughs> is that your new favorite thing? Oh my God, I think it might be. <laughs> Thanks, cool. Wine of the Month Club. Yeah. That seems reasonable. This is where I'm really confused because was nobody monitoring the situation up here? Because they felt that they could leave the screens on, like the TV monitors, un, unchecked. I have no idea. For a period of time, this is this is what I'm like. I'm confused about, and it's it's one of those things where it seems that you should, and even if somebody had to take a break, there should be another body covering if that have, is trained to complete that kind of, that kind of. Work. If you have cameras, then you should be looking at them, right? Yes. I mean, I guess in some instances it's not. As important to mm-hmm. be monitoring all the time, but like, I don't know. Cameras should be monitoring for sure. I think that you were telling me before that there were instances where in certain parking garages, you know, there's blind spots mm-hmm. from cameras. Should that even be allowed? No. I feel like that is inappropriate. Nope. I'm not even going to say where I heard this, but. But that, but is that not upsetting because then you're like well shit now i gotta find the right spot what's the right spot how do i know yeah so there's a hospital in the area i'm not even gonna talk about which one but where there is a parking garage where there are employees that park in that garage whose cars do get broken into and some of them have been told that their cars were not seen being broken into because they were in the blind spot of the camera I mean, granted, this also falls into, if anyone's seen Ocean's, Ocean's 8. Okay. Did you see it? I did. Do you remember that there's this whole spot? Oh, shoot. I don't want to give it away. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a thing about finding a blind mm-hmm, spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where the safety well, to conduct I don't think, criminal activity. But it's it's sort of... I don't think criminals that are smashing windows in cars are like thinking that about are, that. are thinking about that. No, I think... You're right. But I think that the <laughs> facts that there are... that, that That's so... I think the fact that there's a repeated break-ins to begin with is an issue because the institution is not taking action against that. Right. And obviously, if it's a known and a, a recurring situation, mm-hmm. it seems that it would be appropriate for them to do something about it. And maybe that means installing one more camera so there's not that blind spot. Or maybe it's... 50 more cameras but Maybe will the cost will the cost of that super over or exceed the the cost if you will of losing em- great employees because they feel unsafe in the workplace is it better to have that extra safety factor 
these extra safety factors in order to retain the level of expertise that you have in your work yeah. for workplace. No, I know. Hey, my sister, my sister is a physician yeah. in another state and she talks about how they had, first of all, they pay for parking in their own hospital, which is crazy. Oh, wow. I'm judging a little bit right now. It's not that, I guess that's common. And um, okay. she was told that, so she was given the option to basically park like. Close or far? No. Like, there was one where she was basically told, well, given the option, but told that she was going to have to park, like, super far, like, going across a park, almost. I mean, I know what you're talking about, And being in the middle of the night, let's say, by herself. It's like, like, (laughs) dropping cheese. Nope, dropped a sausage. Ah, one of the two. Awesome. Nope, right here. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, (laughs) that's hilarious. The dropped sausage. <laughs> okay. Um, so, <laughs> we have footage for that. <laughs> I wish we did. Sorry. I'm still um, gonna eat it. You should. I mean, you keep your shit clean. I do keep my shit clean. Anyways, <laughs> between dropping cheese and sausage, um, so she was given the option to f- to park pretty far across like park and like being like oh yeah security guard can t- like escort you you're like really every night i'm gonna have a security guard escort me all the way like that's i can't even imagine how long you need to wait in order to get that security right guard exactly, to you. exactly that's like an extra half an hour yeah because then you're also pulling people not to say that you should not because if you feel unsafe you definitely should but you're pulling that security guard away from doing what else? In order to escort you far, technically far off of campus, and then come back, probably in a leisurely way. So, wow. Yeah. So did she? So she ended up. No, she actually found a loophole and does park closer. Okay, good. But she. But still, I mean, it's crazy that that was even a thing. Yeah. Well, I've seen some of the parking areas around our neighborhoods. And some of them are very far off campus. I yeah. cannot imagine having to go like, back and forth to Agreed. some of these locations by myself. This is when you got to pull out that fucking mace. Yeah. Uh, the the kubaton. Yep. And just be prepared. Be prepared. As Scar says in The Lion King. <laughs> be prepared. Really, like these these organizations are really responsible for... The care of their workers. Yes. yes. They totally. should be doing, they should be taking this up a notch, especially, and it's terrible because it's like, they've had to essentially wait for something horrible to happen. And, but unfortunately that's usually the case, right? That's, that's usually the case. So, I mean, I know that I think, I think that there's more and more people that are get, becoming aware and who are, I think we, I think the workers, healthcare workers themselves Need mm-hmm. to talk to their own organizations, and we need to try and make changes. Unfortunately, from you know a higher up legal type avenue, because I don't know if hospitals are actually going to just, like I said, do what they should do, you know, without someone yeah. telling them they need to do it. Well, it can be a significant cost, but I also think what is what is the greater cost, and that's what I was saying before. Mm-hmm. Does the safety of your workers who I'm sure that you hired for a reason and want to retain, mm-hmm. 
does that, is that less important than the amount of money it would take to hire additional personnel in order to do more of this monitoring and, you know, and, and speaking of safety, speaking of, you know, administrative type organizations. So the occupational safety and health administration or OSHA mm-hmm. have guidelines for violence prevention programs, but there's no federal statute requiring hospitals to adopt them. So that so, really doesn't cover this sort of situation. So some states have passed laws making it a felony to assault a healthcare worker, but only few have included provisions for violence prevention training and incident reporting. So hospitals monitor themselves. But it may also be like, I mean, with the OSHA thing, I am a little curious, or the fact that OSHA doesn't cover it, but that there are, you know, other, I guess, parameters. It's very sensitive and I think probably a, a gray area. Mm-hmm. Where it's is the violence caused from coworker to coworker, or is it caused from you know, I'm gonna say external person. I'm pretty sure it's probably more external to a staff, right? I think that's probably the focus. Yeah. Um, but it needs to be. I think it would need to be stated like it cover like these things are important across the board. It's not just based on the individual situation. So, I mean, and if if a nurse is getting injured on the job, like you said. You had mentioned to me before, workman's comp, right? Yes. So do they get workman's comp for being injured? Yes, they do. So the hospitals are losing money on workman comp comp lawsuits. So just if you do something to prevent that, then... Shouldn't shouldn't it... Yes. I'd say that it could balance, but obviously in favor of your employees. I and I... Well, I also think that you'd probably save money, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that is obviously the end goal. Yeah. But, I mean, that is amazing. And I I do think about that, and maybe that's sort of like an HR perspective. But, I, you know, and I talked about retention, too. You know, you want to keep good employees, but you can't be putting them in unsafe situations and think that they're going to hang around. Agreed. Especially when shit like this happens. Like, this, each of these situations, each of these scenarios that we mentioned... I'm sure it has additional fallbacks or, you know, fallouts because of it. And it's, you know, then people feel unsafe. I wonder Mm -hmm. if in Chicago they had more people, you know, start to, like, call into work because they felt unsafe and they didn't feel comfortable going in. Yeah, and, like, other things people could do is, like, have more visitor checkpoints. Yes, yeah. You know, I don't think there's enough of that, like... Have like someone you need to check in with before you enter the building if you don't have a badge. Yeah, I mean honestly, guys, it's not that hard. I can think I of a million things. I know. It's it's also a bit of a fine line because what's realistic and what is I you know manageable. But I do think what we've described is certainly manageable, mm-hmm. especially to keep all of our healthcare workers because they all do so much and it's it's from. The bottom up. You know, everyone is involved in this. It's not just... Gosh, it's it's so crazy to me. This is... It's very bothersome <laughs> that this has come out. Yeah. Um, so... But I think we're on the same page. I definitely. And my heart goes out to, like, all the families who have lost... Yeah. Anyone who's been ones. affected by something yeah. like this. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And we definitely support, you know, more safety precautions... Put in place. That's yeah. wild. Fucking wild. Oh. OMG. 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 So. 
on that not so positive note, but yeah. still, I feel like it will be more uplifting next. It's time, a guys. weird fucking thing. This shit is real, though. It's real. This shit is you, real. You got to talk about real, guys. We got to get into the nitty gritty of some real life. I know. Shit. Not shit. life is not all happy go lucky. No positive shit. But I Although, think that if you're in a place to change something, then you should start making even little movements yeah. to change. And if you are a healthcare worker, maybe making some noise might help. Most def. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make some noise. Mm-hmm. Talk to your higher ups if you are one. Yeah. You know, try and get involved in local organizations that can get involved in state organizations that can get involved in national organizations. Yes. Or all of the above. Absolutely. And like Sarah said, start making a change. Yeah. We're going to, we'll try to lift this puppy up in the next one, but we want to keep y'all informed. We want to stay informed and we want to keep dialogue going. Yeah. So DB peeps, thank you for listening. We look forward to next week. Until then, cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at DBP Cheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.